أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى وما أرسلناك إلا رحمة للعالمين وقال تعالى لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Most respected علماء العلماء elders and brothers and brothers in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our master, our cherisher, our nourisher, our provider, our sustainer. And we send the choicest of salutations, salawat and salam upon rahmatul lil'alameen, the mercy unto the worlds, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us all recite Durood Durood Sharif. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim 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 wa ala Ali Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala advises us and informs and informs us in the Qur'an Majid that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent by him to us as rahmatul lil'alameen. A mercy unto the worlds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, he addresses himself or he informs us that he is Rabbul Alam, the Rabbul Alam, the Rabbul Alameen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. When we recite Surah Al-Fatiha, we are praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we address him as Rabbul Alameen, the Lord of all of the worlds. So we find here that the Lord of the worlds has sent to us the mercy unto all of the worlds. Rahmatul lil alameen. Now what does it mean that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has been sent, sent as a mercy, as a mercy, as a mercy unto all of the worlds, a mercy unto mankind. It means that it encompasses all of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mankind, jinn kind, the animals, the plants, all the different, different worlds and universes that we may not even be aware of. But if we have, if we have to focus particularly on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being sent to us as human beings. Then to truly understand this concept of being a mercy, we need to understand the environment in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent into. Murana Abu al-Hasan Ali Nadwi, rahimahullah, who was from amongst our akabir of the previous century, and one of the most senior scholars, both, both, in, the, both in the Indian subcontinent, in the, non, in the non-Arab world and the Arab world. He commanded a lot of respect, both in the academic, academic circles, in the non, non-Arab world, as well as respect from amongst the scholars in the Arab world. Because he had mastered the sciences of Islam, Sharia, but in addition to that, he was, was, very, was very well read, very well traveled, a very intelligent person, and he had also become an expert in the fields of history, geography, etc. And he mentions that historians have narrated that approximately in the 6th century when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa came 
to this world, the 6th century according to the Gregorian calendar, that was one of the darkest moments in the history of humankind. Many times when we study the advent of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we discuss the period of jahiliyyah, the period of ignorance, and generally this is from the maktab level, we focus on the environment around Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which was particularly Makkatul Mukarramah and maybe a little bit of Arabia. But Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was not sent exclusively into the dark ages of Arabia. He was not sent exclusively into the darkness of Makkatul Mukarramah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent as a mercy and a light unto all the worlds. So if we look back into history and we study the, the, the condition of the world at the time when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent to us, then we will understand the greatness of the mission of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and what he was able to achieve during a, during a very short period of time and how humanity was brought out from the depths of darkness morally, socially, economically, in terms of religion. Every facet of human life by and large was steeped in darkness and and in a very short period of time, one of the, the miracles of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that he was he was able to extract humanity and to make them to make them from amongst the best of people. So if we study firstly the religious situation at the time from amongst the major religions over history, the objective of these religions was to bring iman, to bring the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa taala, good character, good moral, good morals to bring all of this into humanity. But, but by the time the 6th century had arrived, none of the religions, the great religions of the, the time, religions of the time, remained in their true form. If we look at Christianity, Christianity had been overtaken by the priests and the monks, and the church controlled the wealth and the knowledge of people. People were uh, oppressed, their wealth was taken for the church, for the church, the scriptures were uh, uh, altered. And we find that even the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which was the mission of Isa alayhi salam, that too had been distorted and Christianity was embodying polytheism. The doctrine of Trinity had become part of the, uh, uh, the fabric of Christianity. And then, and then if we look at Judaism, Judaism at that time, Nothing remained of Judaism except some dead rituals and relics. In fact, they too had altered their scriptures. They had hidden, hidden certain things, certain things from their people. They had changed the, law, the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they had made their religion, their religion exclusively, exclusively for their nation. Historians write that it was a form of racial snobbery where Judaism was exclusive to a certain group of people. It was not a message for mankind. And then not far from Arabia, you had the Persians, they were Zoroastrians, primarily fire worshippers, worshippers of the sun. And again, the moral fabric of that society was completely destroyed. Between India and Central Asia, you had Buddhism. Again, full of idolatry. In India itself, there was reported at that time more than 33 million gods that were associated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that were worshipped. So this was the religious context. 
The people of the people of Arabia, the people in Makkah al-Mukarramah, they used to follow the religion of Ibrahim alayhi salam. But over time, they too introduced idolatry. At the time when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent, there were approximately 360 idols inside the Kaaba and around the Kaaba. Ironically, this house which was built by Ibrahim alayhi salam to promote the worship of one God. And then if we look at the social and the economic situation. And respected brothers and elders, why do we study this? Why are we discussing this? We need to take some inferences and extract it to the current times. How close are we to the darkness that was seen at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? And what is the solution to bring ourselves out of this darkness? Like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and those who followed him brought humanity out of darkness in the 6th century. So if we look at the nations that surrounded or that were the superpowers of the time, you had the time, you had the Byzantine Empire. And this empire was categorized with, with very heavy taxes. People were taxed for every little thing. And they were oppressed. There were revolts. There was public discontent. The nobles, the wealthy class, they would spend their time in lavish pursuits, merriment, entertainment. Whereas on the other side, the peasant class, the poor class, they had absolutely nothing. It was a time of entertainment. In fact, the Byzantine Empire, they had something called the Hippodrome. If you visit Istanbul today, Constantinople of that time, then, then, then near to the Sultan Ahmed Masjid, there's a plaque there that, that demarcates an area that was known, known as the Hippodrome. The Hippodrome, drome, to bring it into, to bring it into today's context was an entertainment arena, like a sports field. Field. The capacity of the Hippodrome in the Byzantine, Byzantine, Byzantine Empire was approximately 80,000 people. And there were different types of sports and merriment. Many of those sports were very bloody. They were very gruesome. This was the society, society at that time. And then you had the Persian Empire. The Persian, the Persian Empire, the Persian Empire had a lot of pomp. A lot of glory, a lot of glory, a lot of magnificence. All of the wealth of the people, of the people was owned by the emperor. By the emperor. By the emperor. In fact, going back to the Byzantine, to the Byzantine Empire, Syria and Egypt, as we know it today, were part of the part of the part of the Byzantine part of the Byzantine Empire. And the taxes and the taxes in Syria at the at the time was was so oppressive that. That people would have to sell their, sell their children in order, in order to give the government, give the government its due. This was the level, this was the level of, this was the level of oppression. And then if, you, and then if you look at, look at India, where, where many of, where many of us hail from, as hail from, at that period of time, although historically India was known for its advances in technology, in mathematics, in philosophy, but the social, the economic and the moral degradation of India had already begun, already begun. And at that time, India was split, India was split, India was split into many different warring states. Each one of them trying to vie with one another for supremacy. Women had absolutely, absolutely no rights. In fact, women were such that sometimes a man would lose his wife to a, gam to a gambling debt. A, a person would gamble, he would lose... What does he have to pay? He uses his wife, he pays the gambling debt with his wife. The caste system was rife in India at that time. Where you had the untouchable class who couldn't live in certain areas. They couldn't eat from the same utensil. 
They could not even touch a person of a higher class. This was the situation in India. And then as many of us know, the situation in Arabia at the time was such that wine, alcohol, gambling, that was the order of the day. Morals, values, this was all, uh, the, the community was void of all of this. People would fight and war with one another. Tribes would have feuds for decades and decades over petty issues. The hearts of those individuals were so hard that they found it in themselves uh, the ability to bury their daughters alive. And we can, cannot even speak about Europe. Europe was a non-entity. It was so barbaric at that time that history does not even record much about what was happening in Europe, Europe at that time. So in and amongst this entire global geopolitical, geographic, social, moral, economic situation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he sends Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So it's very important for us to understand, to picture, picture what was the condition at that time. Not just in Makkatul Mukarramah, not just in Arabia, but throughout the world. As we mentioned in the beginning, historians have written that humanity was in its darkest stages. Morally, socially, politically, economically. Hardly, hardly could you find a corner of the earth where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was worshipped as one and alone. So we find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent to us in this environment. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that verily in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do you have an excellent example. Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu mentions that كان رسول رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أحسن الناس. رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم was from amongst the best of people. Best of people. وكان أجود الناس. He was the most generous of people. وكان أشجع الناس. He was from amongst the bravest of people. The poet so beautifully says it that وأحسن من that وأحسن من كلام ترقت عيني. That more beautiful, beautiful than you, my eye has not seen. وَأَجْمَلُ مِنْكَ لَمْ تَلِدِ النِّسَاءُ And no woman has been given, has given birth to anyone that is more beautiful than you. خُلِقْتَ مُبَرَّأً مِنْ كُلِّ عَيْبٍ That you have been created as if you are free from any flaws. And you have been created in such a way as if you had wished to be created in this way. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in all aspects, whether it was physically, his physical appearance, whether it was his akhlaq, his character, whether it was his dealings, whether it was his piety, his trust upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in all, in all respects, respects, we find that Rasulullah, find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the most beautiful. And we, and we, and we find that, and we find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that he was an example for us. A very comprehensive example. Whether you are a tradesman, tradesman, you will find, you will find an example in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you are a father, you find an example in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you are, a hus- you are a husband, you find an example in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you are an army general, a commander of an, of, an, of, an, of an army, you find an example in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you are the head of a state, if you are the president or the prime minister, you find an example, example in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you are a victim of oppression, you find an example in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
If you are a victim, are a victim of circumstance, circumstance, trials, difficulty, whether it be, it be, it be the loss, loss of a loved one, whether it be poverty, whether it be, whether it be physical harm, you will find an example in Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. As the poet explains that the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the seerah of Al-Mustafa alayhi salam can be explained as follows: as follows light, light. And more light, more light, more light. And, and from this darkness that we just discussed, we can understand what light Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam brought to brought to humanity at that time. Now it is a great favor, respected elders and brothers, that Allah subhanahu that Allah subhanahu wa taala has made you and I from the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. No matter what we do, no matter how much we thank Allah, we thank Allah subhanahu wa taala. We cannot show enough gratitude for being selected as part of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is a great favor from the side of Allah subhanahu wa taala. But when a person has a favor from Allah subhanahu wa taala, then that favor comes with a right and a responsibility, and that right that is associated with that favor needs to be fulfilled. And what is the right that this favor has? It is that we understand, that we understand, stand, and that we study the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We acquaint ourselves with the lifestyle of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And why do we do this? Is it simply for simply for information purposes? No, respected friends and elders. We study the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so that we can bring that light into our lives so that we can bring the practices the teachings of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam into our lives we spoke about mulana abul hasan ali nadwi rahimahullah and we will conclude with some advices that he gave on this topic of extracting lessons from the seerah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he delivered delivered this lecture aptly to Muslims live, living in the West, in the United States in 1983. And in the very same year, he delivered a similar lecture with similar points to the Muslims living in the United Kingdom. What did Hazrat mention? He mentioned that it is not an accident or a coincidence that you have been placed in a land full of non-Muslims. Now, whilst this lecture was delivered in the United States and the United Kingdom, you and I will all agree that it is as appropriate to you and I in this land today as well. So he says that I do not believe in coincidences and accidents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen you to live in this particular land inhabited by so many non-Muslims. And in an environment of mental, economic and spiritual unrest. And just look around the world today. How much of mental unrest? How much of bare chenny is there throughout the world? Despite all of our advancements in technology, and the comforts of life east to west north to south you will find humanity at large they are not at peace so he mentions that you have the solu- solution to take humanity out of darkness and into light western western culture science 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 and technology has failed to fulfill the objective of bringing peace and satisfaction to the world and then hazrat mentions an example from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he says that if you look at the first 13 years of Nubu- of nubuwa in Makkah al-Mukarramah a handful of people very few people accepted Islam and then when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam moved to Madinatul Munawwara in the first 7 years again very few people accepted Islam 
But from the seventh year after Hijrah to the tenth year after Hijrah, approximately three years, around the advent of Fatih Makkah, the conquest of Makkah, Hazrat mentions that thousands of people entered into the fold of Islam during this Islam during this period. Many, many more than the previous twenty years of the Nubuwa of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why was this the case? So Imam Zuhri rahimahullah and some of the muhaddithin explained that the reason was that in, in the last three years, the non-Muslims had the opportunity of interacting with, with the Muslims on a day-to-day basis. They saw the trustworthy, 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 trustworthiness, the honesty, the good character, the akhlaq, the tawakkul and the trust upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the Muslims and this attracted them to Islam. So Hazrat mentions that in the same way, you and I have a, respons- have a responsibility. That we should have the best of conduct, the best of character, take- taking it and drawing it from the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When people see us, they should be attracted to Islam. When people, when people interact with us, they should accept Islam without us having to invite them towards it. So my respected friends and elders, when we study the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on the one hand, we can study the individual aspects, what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa looked like, what was his day like, what was his clothing like, what were his preferences, how did, how did he carry himself, how did he conduct himself, and of course, we should be studying this. We're studying this. This will bring the love of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam into our lives. But when we take a step, take a step back and we look at it from a macro perspective, studying the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam, we should also look at it with this lens that the, the mission of Nubuwa was to bring humanity out of darkness and into light. And just like in the 6th century, when humanity was at one of its lowest ebbs, in terms of darkness, in all aspects, if we look around us today, you will find that the world is steeped in so many different avenues of darkness. With the exception of the Muslim community, if you look around the world, hardly will you find a community that worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exclusively. The concept of God has been taken out of every aspect of life. The separation of church and state as we know it has resulted in a global society wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hardly features. Go and speak to the average person around the world and ask them about their relationship with God or with Allah. And you will be surprised to find that the majority of them do not even identify with one Allah or any superpower at all. If you look at the poverty around the world, if you look at the atrocities, the warfare, warfare and all, all the different types of suffering that the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is going through. And yet at the same time, we are steeped in a life of merriment, enjoyment, from one pursuit to the next, to the next, from one holiday to the next, from one luxury vehicle to the next, from one uh, uh, you know, entertainment to the next. How different are we? to the darkness that was there at the time when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam came. So my respected friends and elders, we have this seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We have the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Today we discussed when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam came, the geographic situation at that time, looking at the Byzantine, 
the Persian, the Indian, the Buddhist, all of the different empires around. And we found that the entire world was steeped in darkness. And the message of Rasulullah was such that it brought people from that darkness and into light. So in the same way, when we adopt the lifestyle of Rasulullah today in its entirety, then we have the opportunity to bring humanity from darkness and into light. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to make amal and put into practice. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا Alhamdulillah. الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهلولا أن هدانا الله فنعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته أجمعين ومن اتبعهم باحتبعهم باحسان الى يوم الدين اما بعد عباد الله اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظروا تنظروا نفس ما قدمت لما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله ان الله خبير بما تعملون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الكيس من دان نفسه وعمل لما بعد الموت والعاجز والعاجز من أتبع نفسه هواها وتمنى على الله وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام أيضا اتق الله حيث ما كنت وأتبع السيئة الحسنة تمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام فتوبوا إلى الله جميعا أيها المؤمنون لعلكم تفلحون فقال تعالى قل يا عبادي هذي الذين أسرفوا على أنفسهم لا تقنتوا من رحمة الله إن الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم بارك الله لي ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعني ونفعني وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبوبك وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأسدقهم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة عيدة نساء أهل الجنة 
والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى عنهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمحابة أجمعين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم انسر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تذكرون تذكرون سووا صفوفكم straighten your rows ensure that all the gaps have been filled الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين من الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الله لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا ولما رأى المؤمنون الأحزاب قالوا هذا ما وعدنا الله ورسوله وصدق الله الله ورسوله وما زاد هم إلا إيمانا وتسنيما من المؤمنين رجال صدقوا ما عاهدوا الله عليه فمنهم من قضى نحبه ومنهم من ينتظر وما بدلوا تبديلا ليجزي الله الصادقين بصدقهم قهم ويعذب المنافقين إن شاء أو يتوب عليهم إن الله كان غفورا رحيما الله أكبر 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 سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أكبر الحمد لله رب رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا ولا الضالين والتين والزيتون وطور سينين وهذا البلد الأمين لقد خلقنا الإنسان 
الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمٍ ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِنِينَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَتِفَلَتِ فَلَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ مَمْنُونٍ فَمَا يُكَذِّبُكَ بَعْدُ بِالدِّينِ أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِأَحْكَمِ الْحَاكِمِينَ الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت السلام منك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك لمنك الجد منك الجد لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم أعنا على ذكرك شكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم إنا نسألك السحة والعفة والأمانة وحسن الخلق والرضا بالقدر قدر ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة, حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم أحسن عاقبتنا في الأمور كلها وأجلنا من خزي الدنيا وعذاب الآخرة وصلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أجمع سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد الحمد لله رب العالمين